0: I'm super excited about this message. Praise the Lord. Um, if I talk really fast when I'm, when I'm sharing this tonight, just like put your hand up because I, I was saying to pastor, over the past few weeks, I've been um, doing a, a series with the young adults on identity and purpose and I felt like this came alive in my heart and I really felt like this was a message I made it a little I made it longer but a message that someone really needed to hear so I have an expectancy that whoever you are sitting here tonight that you are going to receive this word and it will transform your life amen? amen well I'm pastor Pam for those that don't know me and I am one of the assistant pastors here at the brick campus So why don't we just, let's stand up to pray. I want to just stand up to pray um, and just honor God, honor his word. Father, I thank you for this night and I thank you for the word that will go forth into the hearts of those that are here. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are alive and well in each and every person and that you are the great teacher. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you teach, that you reveal, that you uncover what each person needs to know personally. For their lives father god because lord you ordained for them to be here tonight and so we thank you for that lord i thank you that i'm a vessel for your honor for your glory to to just live through to speak through father thank you that your gifts and your holy spirit would move in my heart and move through me tonight to bring hearts closer to you, to do a work in the hearts of the men and women that are here tonight. Father, thank you for these precious men and women. Thank you for your presence here in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Well, as you know, I said, I'm doing a series for um, young adults on purpose and identity. And so this is a really passionate, very close to my heart topic. But my goal for tonight is not to do an in-depth teaching. I really feel like the Lord did not put this in my heart in a very in-depth way, which was a real struggle for me because I study in-depth and then I felt like, it's like you study and you put it in that big pot and you know like everything evaporates except for just a little left in there. And that's how I felt. I feel like this is an exhortation. What does that mean? It's to exhort and encourage you tonight on this, to remind you, each one of you here, what you're called to, and what you carry as a Christ follower. Now, this, that we're talking about called, three things to know about your calling. I want to say this up front. This topic of calling is incredibly vast. Like you could do a teaching for probably months straight on this topic, but I'm going to give you three things that the Lord just kind of impressed on my heart to share with you tonight. It doesn't encompass everything, but again, it's to exhort you, to encourage you, and just to bring each one of you in remembrance of who you are, what you're called to, and what you carry as a believer. There's a quote, I think it was by Os Guinness, and he said, in my 50 years of public speaking and conversations around the world, because he's traveled the world speaking, he said, I've heard these questions more than any other. What is the purpose of my life? and how do I find it? And you know, that's a God thing, and this is why, because implanted in each one of you is this, it's a desire to know who you are. It's a desire to know how you personally fit in to the big story and the big plan that God has. That's a desire in you. So that's why when he said he's traveled the world, and this is the question that people are asking, we're asking that question because that's how God wired us. He wired us to know how we've been created and where we fit into his plan. And there's nothing, if any of you are walking in what God has for you, how many know there's nothing like as fulfilling as walking in the plan that God has for your life, amen? That's so exciting. And that's why, you know, how many, you know, we're at graduation time, right? And you and I will go to a graduation, even if our kids, like how many of you had kindergartners graduating? Did any of you have kindergartners, right? And we could go to a kindergarten graduation and we get like that lump in our throat and even as a grandparent, right, pastor, and you cry and you sit there. And it's like, no offense, I, kindergartners' kids are so what, such a blessing, but that kid, kindergartner just showed up with their little backpack. My kids used to run with their little backpack and they really did do nothing but show up and look cute the whole year, really? I mean, they learned a few things, but there's something in us when we look at that child graduating, even in kindergarten, that we, we look at their lives and we think, what are the possibilities that's inside of that child? What possibilities are ahead for my child? And we think that way, why? Because God's designed us to think that way because he's created us from the beginning. We always go back to the book of beginnings. Pastor, I think you said it this weekend when you talked about rest. We go back to the book of beginnings and we see in the book of beginnings that God ordained us for specific things. And so real quickly, what is a calling? I'm just going to throw a few scriptures. We're not putting these on the screen, but I just wanted to just throw these out there and you can write them down. Galatians 1.15 says this, Paul's writing this, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me, listen to this, through his grace, because we're talking about that tonight, to reveal his son in me that I might preach among the Gentiles. So God separated Paul from his mother's womb, and he called him by his grace to do something for God. Ephesians 4, Paul also writes, Paul says, to walk worthy of our calling. Paul tells us to walk worthy of our calling. And then in Ephesians 1.8, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus, and this is what he says. He prays that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they may know the hope of his calling. So this calling thing is so close to the heart of God, and the word calling is actually kaleo in the Greek, and all it really means is a divine invitation from God. It's this invitation to be in relationship, because we're called, number one, to relationship, and This calling is to be invited or God summons us to do something with him, not just for him. Listen to this, we don't just do something for God, we do it with God, amen? And this Greek word um, kaleo just really means that God summons us, he invites us. You know, how many of you get, we get invitations to weddings, things like that all the time and we could say yes to that or we could say no. So God wants to invite us into some things and we wanna say yes. And so um, I want to read a quote. It says, as Christians, our purpose is woven into the fabric of God's plan for all creation. Calling is what places us at the center of his larger story. So you and I are at the center of his story. Amen. Isn't that amazing to think of that we're at the center of his story? And so I want everyone to say this. Say, I am called by God. I am, by God. I am not an accident or afterthought. I am not a- I am significant to his plan plan. and his story and And I will walk walk in all that God has for me to do do. and be. In In Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. So tonight we're going to talk about three pieces of our calling. Again, just a little snippet of our calling. The first thing that we're called to, I'm going to tell you the three things and then we're going to go through them. We are called to a person. So you and I are called first to be with a person. And if you look all throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you're gonna see this thread of these three things. We're called to a person, we're called to partner with God's purpose, and we're called with power. So three Ps, we're called to a person, partner with God's purpose, and we're called with power. We see it in the garden where God brings us to himself, Adam and Eve, we're in relationship with God. And then God spoke, blessed them with purpose. He said, go and be fruitful and multiply. We're to bear fruit. And each fruit may look very different. We're called to bear fruit. And then he says, and have dominion. So there's the power. A person, we're in relationship with God, the purpose to go and bear fruit and multiply and power. We have dominion to be able to walk out what God's called us to do. So let's talk about being called to a person I want you to go to Matthew four eighteen on your phones or wherever you're um, looking up, 4, 18 to 20, and we're gonna read this scripture. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. We know that they were fishermen, right? These, these um, men were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we see there, those two things follow me we're called to the person of Jesus and i will make you he makes us to become something and he said and immediately they left their nets and followed him this call to the person of Jesus is a lifelong call you and i from now until eternity we are called to the person of Jesus amen, amen. but what happens is when we do that first call and live life in relationship with Jesus, we walk in the second call and purpose. So these men left their way of life. Following Jesus, what's gonna happen is it's gonna flip our way of living. In other words, we're gonna now see a new paradigm and a new lens through which we see life. the, The world's way is gonna become upside down to us now because now we are following Jesus and we are gonna be doing things his way, amen? That's what it means to follow him. These men... These fishermen left everything to pursue the king and to pursue the things of the kingdom. And guys, we're called to do the same thing. We're called to leave everything. We're called to follow the king and we're called to build God's kingdom. That is our cause. That's our call. That's something deep inside of us that God put in us. I love this scripture in the message. Listen to this. Ephesians 1.11 it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So it's in Christ, that person of Jesus that we follow, that we, we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, listen to this, he had his eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living. Just like Paul said that he set me apart in my mother's womb, Christ looked at us and saw and had a glorious, glorious living for us. It's in him that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Nothing, listen to this, nothing in this life will ever make sense apart from that calling. In other words, nothing will ever make sense apart from that following after that person of Jesus Christ, because we are spirit beings, right? Right? So we try to fill ourselves and make sense of our lives by filling ourselves with all these natural things, but we're a spirit being, so we're never gonna be filled by something natural. We get filled by God because he is a spirit. That's why we, he is the life and the breath of living water, the fresh living water. He fills us in a way that nothing else can fill us because of how we were created, and we were created to be in relationship with a person. I want you to think of this. Jesus knew that he is, was the source of life. Jesus knew that. And that's why he went what he did do so that he can bring us back into that relationship because he knew that we would never be satisfied apart from him, never be satisfied apart from him. And we live out of that call to be with him. When we live in that call to be with him, this is what he does. He reshapes our thinking. And he begins to unearth all that's in us. And here's the thing. And I want you to really get, grab hold of this piece because it's gonna take us into the next part of our calling. Here's the thing. He already knows who you and I were born to become. And he begins to paint a picture for us of who he's created us to be. So he paints that picture of who he's created us to be. And he begins to prepare us for that more specific calling to partner to do his work. So I want you to think about Abraham. How many have heard of Abraham in the Bible? Abraham, he and his wife, they were barren, but God saw that this man was gonna be the father of many nations, that God was gonna use him to move a legacy through and to bless God's people through Abraham and his family, but here Abraham is totally barren, him and his wife. So what does God do? God, out of that relationship with Abraham, he begins to paint a picture for Abraham and he begins to say to Abraham, Abraham, I have called you, Abraham, to be father of many nations. In other words, when we spend that calling with God one-on-one, He began to prepare Abraham by painting a picture because God knows who Abraham was gonna become and God knows who you and I are gonna become. And so in our times, he begins to water those seeds of destiny that he already put in you because each one of you have seeds of destiny that are in you and he begins to water them. He begins to grow them. He begins to show you a picture. Um, I'm gonna use this example, just trying to look at time. This example, um, Years ago, I heard a woman tell a story, a woman I know, and she said, let me just get this story right. She said I was, she was a pregnant at a very young age and got married in like her 20s. Um, now her and her husband, pastor, they're just such influential people. And she said, we were living in a one-room apartment. She said, I had one child, a son, and a daughter was on the way. And she said, I didn't even have, we didn't even have a bedroom. We slept on the couch so our son could have the bedroom. And she said, what we did was my grandmother basically raised me. And so my grandmother used to send us money because they would shut off our electric bill and everything. And she said, what I used to do, I couldn't afford anything. So she said, I would go to the library to look at free books with my son. So she said, here I was, I'd walk through the library while my son was doing like all these free activities, you know, how the library does that. Um, And so She said, we would bring him, and she said, when he would sit there, I would go and look through all the books. And she said, I was pregnant with this next baby on the way. And she said, I would think like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what my life looks like. And she said, when I cracked open one of the books by Dr. Maya Angelou, she said, what I saw in that book was the beginnings of a woman whose life looked very much like me, Her life was broken She, at a young age. I believe she may have had a child at a young age. She said, but inside of that woman was Dr. Maya Angelou. So inside of each one of us is something that God wants us to unearth and discover. And that gets discovered as we connect to the person of Jesus, that first call on our lives that will be our forever call, amen? Amen. So the next thing we're called to, hold on. And I love this one. We're called to partner with his purpose. This is number two. And this is when God wants to do something, I want you to get this in your heart so strongly. When God wants to do something on earth, he chooses to do it through a person. When God wants to do something on earth, he's gonna choose to do it through you and me. And I want us to see this in a general sense, we go and we preach the gospel. But there's a very detailed thing that God has that's specific to you and how he created you. And so I want us to go to Exodus 3. If you look up on the screen, I want you to just see this because I think it's so important. It said, and the Lord said, this is, this is when everyone knows of the burning bush with, with Moses, right? So God is speaking to Moses and this is what he says to him. And the Lord said to him, but let me go back, I'm sorry. God's people were in, um, op- oppressed in Egypt as slaves for 400 and something years. And God's heart was to deliver his people. And so God had a relationship with Moses. He goes to Moses and he talks to Moses. So let's hear what he says. And he says to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to the land, to a good land and a large land and a land flowing with milk and honey. So here they are, they're oppressed, they're in slavery, and God's desire is I have something better for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a picture for you, and I'm gonna come and I'm gonna deliver my people. And he said, and to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now there, he's talking to Moses, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression, which with the Egyptians oppressed them. Listen to this, come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out. And I'm thinking like Moses was probably like, okay, Lord, you just said that you're going to deliver your people. And Moses is like, and I'm going to send you. Uh, the Lord's like, and I'm sending you. So the Lord is like, I want to deliver my people. So he partners with a man. God wants, See, God wants a partner with me Amen. to do his work, do this work. on this earth. On this earth. Amen. Amen. And I want you to get this. God has dreams of his Things that he cares deeply about and he wants to deposit a piece of that in yours and my heart. God cared deeply about the children of Israel getting oppressed. God cared deeply about them. So God took a piece of that compassion, a piece of that desire to see them delivered and what he did was he took that piece of who he was and he put it in Moses' heart. God does that with you and I. He puts something in us, and this is what happens. God puts something in us. He puts gifts in us. He puts a passion in us, and this is what he does. He does it, and we get awakened when we see the burden that, are, that we're called to, to answer. We carry God's burden in our heart. And when we see that burden, we can't help but be moved from our heart because it's something, an equipment that God puts in each one of us to go after that thing on his behalf. We're partnering, not we're not just doing things for God, we partner with God. I'm not gonna um, go through the scripture in Nehemiah so you don't have to put that up there, um, Jay. But the walls um, the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and when walls were broken down in that time it meant that the city was unsafe and there was no peace in the city and when nehemiah heard about it it said i sat down and wept and mourned for many days i was fasting and praying before the god of heaven when god When God puts something in our hearts, there's something that weeps for that burden. There's something that we weep for because we see this and we know that God's heart has been put in us for that thing. And you know, I want want you to think about this. So God saw scattered sheep in Brick, New Jersey. And God said, let me put the gift and the passion of a shepherd's heart in this man over here. Pastor Joe. And this was a heart that is to love people, right? So this is what God, God's burden, right? Because God doesn't want to see his sheep scattered. So he puts a shepherd's heart in a man or a woman and he sends them to a place because what, he, what do we do here? We There's a pasture here to eat from. There's a pasture here that you can eat from. That's what a shepherd does. They care and they love the sheep. And so, but so God needs a person to do that. God needs a person to burn with fire to do that. Um, There were a few things I wrote down. I wanted to, you know, I, I asked Raina if I could tell a piece of her story. She has shared this before, but I remember her sharing with me, and I never forgot this, that she said when she was a little girl, there was so much that she was dealing with, like trauma, like things in her family. And she said, when I was little, I would go in my room and the only thing that would bring peace and a safe place was was to worship. And so because, see, he'll use what we go through, but he puts something in us. That woman right there, she has burned for worship because she knows that God made that a safe place for her. So now she has a heart and a passion to come and bring worship and bring us into worship because she wants us to experience that safe place with God, amen? And I I wanted to share one quick story with me. It's kind of a funny story, a little bit, but, um, and I'm not saying this to be like uh, whatever, but um, when I was in high school, I was voted most popular, right? I was voted most popular, friendliest, and most talkative. And so, um, (laughs) most talkative, right? And I don't say that to be like, hey, who I think I am, but. And so it really bothers my kids because they bring it up all the time. Like, I cannot believe that god that you would be voted most popular you are the quirkiest person like why would they vote you most popular so they'll bring it up out of the blue like every like one or two years like we'll just be sitting at the kitchen table having dinner and anthony will be like i still can't believe you're voted most popular like you are so quirky mom and so we have this kind of joke but i remember like about a year and a half ago and um, I think it started when I was working in addiction Recovery and I remember driving home from there one night and I remember literally the presence of God just coming over me in the car. And I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, I know you joke and your kids joke about you being mispopular. He said, but the reason why you were, vo- I, I was voted mispopular because every, all of my friends were like, how do you know that person? they would be like all the throwaways. Like, how do you even know that person? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know them. And I remember about a year or two ago, the Holy Spirit, maybe it was longer than that, two years ago, maybe. And I remember it was this really personal, intimate moment. And that's what this is about. It's a very personal, it's a very intimate thing that God puts something of him in you. And so I remember the Holy Spirit just ministering to me and saying, the reason why You were voter most popular is because you knew all the people that everyone else wanted to throw away. Because something in me, even to today, and I saw when I worked in addiction recovery, even with women, whenever there's an altar call for emotional healing for the throwaways, for the people that no one else would think is worthy of anything. Something in me, even back then in high school, saw value and worth in every person. And so all of the dorky people that everyone thought were a dork, I was friends with because I'm like, no, they're not a throwaway, there's value. Something in me wants to touch people's lives in a way that they feel the value and worth that only God has for them. And you'll see it. You'll see that those things that God put in you, it's like there's a purpose for them. It's the heart of God for people. He loves people and he wants us to partner with his dream, with his plans, with the things he has and he puts in us. He wants us to move with that. And so he awakens us on the inside to those things. Amen? And so the next one, and I want you to ask this question. Lord... What do you want to give me a burden for? And Lord, what do you want to fuel a passion for in my heart? You know, I think of Caroline, you're sitting here, you are out in the field with business people. You're passionate about that. God's put you in the marketplace for a reason. He wants to reach those people. You, I couldn't do that, but you can. And so God puts those things in us. Susan, I thought of you even before the service, you and your sister, you have a heart to bring community, people, women together to sit, fellowship. There's something in you and that's a God thing. Pastor Beth, she loves healing. She burns to see people experience physical healing. That's what God does. He awakens our heart. He puts a burden for us to be able to meet the need. And number three, we're called with power. So God knew he had this big story to tell. God knew we had some big things to tackle. So why on earth would he choose to partner with us? Why on earth would he choose to partner with someone so limited in what we can do? And because of this, God equips us with something that's supernatural. It empowers us to bring that solution. It empowers us to release that burden. And when God puts something in us, the works of God get established. The works of God get established because of what God has put in us. Um. I want to read the Apostle Paul. I think, I think we have it up there. The Apostle Paul says this. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If there's anyone that needed to depend on the power of God, the grace of God, it was Paul. And this is what he says in Romans 11. It says this. I want you to get this. He said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift that you might be established. God brings this man, Paul, he gives him a gift and something about that gift brings, helps the church get established. The gift that pastor has, visionary pastor, shepherd, something in him helps the church get established. Amen. Amen. Amen? That's what the gift is. And it's a supernatural gift. It's a supernatural gift. Ephesians 3, 7, the apostle Paul says this, I became a minister according to the gift given to me. Listen to this by the effective working of his power. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, preached, was in, uh, got uh, shipwrecked, all of these things, right? And Paul said he did it with the gift given to him by the effectual working of his power. There's a working of his power that works in us and through us. Peter, First Peter 4.10, I want you to just see this because I'm going to talk more about this. 1 Peter 4.10, each one of us has received a gift. Say, I've received a gift. I've received a gift. Okay, not one of you sitting here do not have a gift. I don't care if you feel like the gift is buried. I don't care if you haven't discovered the gift. I don't care if you think, oh, I'm too messed up because of my past to have a gift. No, no, no. Before you were born, you were set apart and God put a gift in you. The Holy Ghost brings that gift when he comes to live inside of us when we get born again. He brings that gift and it's the grace of God on our lives, amen? So 1 Peter, each one has received a gift, ready? Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability God supplies. So God gives us a gift, that we are to steward. He's a good investor. He invested a gift in you. He wants us to steward that gift because it's the grace of God to someone else, and it will be grace for you to walk in that gift. There's a grace on that gift for you to walk in. The Greek word for gift is charisma, right? Um, a lot of times, if you see in the New Testament, and have, you know, sometimes we'll say, oh my gosh, that person is so charismatic. What do they mean? They have something about them that's just. Spectacular, that's what the Holy Ghost is on us, in us. It's an endowment, this is what the grace, this is what it means. This gift that we see Paul talking about and we see in the New Testament, is it's a spiritual endowment by God's grace upon a believer by the operation of the Holy Spirit. Some people say this and I think it actually is this, I don't know if it's actually, it's the rubbed on, smeared on ability of God. Let us, it's a gift. There's something in you that's energized by the Holy Spirit. That's why you can notice something that I am not noticing because you might have a gift, a different gift than me. So, I might have a gift to lead, a pastoral gift because I'm a pastor. Um, You may have a gift of um, mercy or a gift, all these different gifts. And I'm not teaching on that tonight. In Romans 12, you can go there. And Ephesians four, there's all different gifts that are just talked about. But I want you to see that it's a gift that's energized by the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, when we use that gift, it moves people's hearts closer to God. When we exercise, and, and I'm going to say this, and this is not to sound prideful, so please, I'm just being real, and I want you to really grab hold of this. Right now, as I'm teaching, that gift in me and through me by the Holy Spirit should be bringing your hearts closer to the to God. Right now, you should be leaving this service. If it's a gift that's energized by the Spirit of God, you should be leaving here having been closer to the heart of God, because something that charisma, that, that gift of God is just flowing through me. Because see, all that God wants is a vessel to flow through. That's really all he wants. Amen? And this endowment is God's grace to you. And listen to this. This grace, this, this gift, these gifts that are just the grace of God, the endowment, this spiritual endowment that reside in us by the Holy Ghost, we could not do what, it, it, it allows us to do what we couldn't do in and of ourselves. Amen? It, it works within us. And the natural, one of the things, as even from the time I was a little girl, in the natural, I hated getting up in front of people. Even when I played the flute and I had to get up in front of people, I did not like that. But when you allow God to work through you, he's just looking for a vessel to say, you cannot do this in your own strength, Pam, in your, in Pam, but when I empower you to do it, you lean in by faith to that grace and you can do it. And then people's lives are changed. See, this is about people. This is not about you, this is not about me personally. This is about God living through you, because God loves people. and God wants to release burdens off of people, and God wants there to be light in the darkness, and we carry that in us. And so it's about the Moseses, God saying, "I want to deliver my people. I need a person. Who's going to say yes to do that? It's us. Amen. Amen. This power, this grace. Let me just read this quote first, but I'm sorry, by John Bevere. John Bevere says this, nothing in the realm of the spirit is accomplished without the supernatural ability. Whether we preach, sing, teach, lead, counsel, coach, whatever it is, nothing as believers gets done in in the spirit realm. If we want to see true spirit results and not results of the flesh, because we know that the flesh produces death and does not produce life, But the Holy Spirit will produce life through us. If we wanna see that, then we need to know that it's God's power and it's a supernatural power and it will do the heavy lifting for us. So when you are, you'll be able to be at rest. You'll be able to be at rest. And um, hold on one minute. Victor, um, on uh, Tuesday, yesterday, shared a pastor had asked him to share a story uh, yesterday with the staff about God really just ministering on Saturday night through the service and just really ministering to people. And Victor was like, for some reason, I came in here, and I'm just gonna be honest, I was doing this message, and it was really not flowing for me. I'm like, Lord, something is just not, gears are not flowing well, and I was really having a hard time. Well, when I came in yesterday, Pastor had asked Victor, to, so Victor starts to share, and Victor's up here crying, and it, something literally broke off me when Victor started to share, and Victor's like, we practice, we do all this and that, but I just stood back and could never, God, what God orchestrated through me was amazing, and, and he shared how he had been lo- losing his voice, and sometimes we could get into, I have to do something, or stress, but when we allow God to do it, there's really a rest there that we can experience, and so... I want to share a story as we um, begin to uh, move towards uh, where I want to end. And I want to tell you that there's, there are certain things that can extinguish the gift of God moving through you. There are things that can extinguish. And one of those things is that fear. When we get our eyes off of God and onto ourselves, We will come out of rest and we will go into striving. So um, about three years ago, I was having a really tough time with something that I was leading in. And um, I was in such stress and overwhelm. And so I I do wanna say this, when you are looking at what God's asking you to step into, whatever it is, it's selling houses, at a business, ministering to people, whatever it is, when you find that you're constantly in stress, overwhelm, anxi- anxious, those are three indicators. What happened was I would see these indicators come up for me. Whenever I would have a sisterhood going back, stress, overwhelm, anxiety, and I realized, Pam, you're doing this in your own strength. You're feeling like you have to perform. You have to do something. And God began to put his finger on the fact that I was not operating from a place of grace. So at that time, there's a woman in my life and I remember being on the phone with her and we were talking and I was like, I am so stressed about this situation. I feel so much pressure. I literally felt oppressed with this situation. And she said to me, I want you to sit and I want you to say, think about what core belief is sitting at the root of this thing for you. Because I'm I'm like big on the heart thing. Like I want to get to the root, get to the root, get it out. What are you believing? You want to, change really comes from a root level, getting rid of those root systems that are causing you to have crappy negative patterns, right? So she says, what are you believing? And I said, honestly, I said, if I see myself and look at myself in this moment, I see that I feel like I don't have what it takes to be successful in in this situation. And this is what she said to me, changed my life forever. She said to me, and I think I wrote it down. I want to quote because I don't want to mess it up. Hold on. She said, Pam, everything God will ever call you to do in life and in ministry will be things that you're not able to do. She said everyone he called all throughout the word of God, Moses, Nehemiah, Esther, Noah, um, who else? Uh, uh, what's his name? Gideon. They couldn't do it in their own strength, but God doesn't leave us there. So she said to me, Pam, everything he will call you to do in ministry, you will not be able to do on your own. If you live, and this is what she said to me, change my life forever. If you live and only take on the things that you can do, she said, praise the Lord, just you're gonna live a limited life the rest of your life. And I was like, oh my God. When she said that, it changed my life forever because she said to me, Basically, if you want to just live limited, praise the Lord. Just live by what you can do. And she said, and this woman has taught me so much about grace. It took me a year and a half. This woman and I talked every week on grace of God, grace of God, because we are so, try to be so self-sufficient, especially if you have a real codependent background. You want to just produce, be, do everything. And I did not know how to live out of the system of God's grace I was always living out of the system of self-sufficiency, and self-sufficiency, well, its pride. It's pride, really. And God cannot get His grace to you and through you if you're if you're dealing if you're in pride. And so, she said to me, and it, it was at that moment that I realized this one statement for myself. And I always have this statement that I go back to: my weaknesses and my inadequacies are not obstacles for God but opportunities for his grace and power to be perfected in me and through me. Your weakness is not an obstacle for God. Your weakness is the thing that actually by faith, if you by faith you do it, if you put your faith out there, it will pull in the grace of God. It gets poured in to those areas. See, and this is the thing, we don't like to feel inadequate. Because being in at, feeling inadequate is very vulnerable. No one wants to feel vulnerable, fearful. Oh, I can't do this. I don't have what it takes. No one wants to be in that place. But like our brother Victor was said, it, if we would just stand there and let God do his thing, we would see God work in us and through our situations. So tonight, if you're wearing yourself out, God wants you to know that you can serve him from a place of rest when you tap into his grace on your life. And this is what he's looking for. Guys, he's looking to partner with you and all he's looking for is surrendered and yielded vessels. In this time, he's looking for men and women he can just work through. So I want us to think about and ask ourselves and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you require of me? Because of this, God is a good steward. God has invested in you, and listen to this, he wants what he put in you to come out. And there's someone else waiting for you to partner with God's purpose. Someone was waiting for pastor to say yes to start this church. Someone was waiting for someone else to say yes to step into what God had them to do so that they, uh, someone else can experience freedom. I wanna share a story and then we're gonna stand up and we're gonna declare a scripture over us. Lord, I want you to resonate with that. Lord, what do you require of me right now? It could be something small, it could be something big. We're seeing in this day and in this hour so many things that God needs to bring solutions for and we don't wanna be a church that just sits there without God being able to live through us. Christine Kane, I wanna share a little quote from her. She started the A21 campaign. How many of you know of Christine Kane? And this woman, Christine Kane, started A21, and A21 takes children and young women who were sex trafficked, and she pulls them out of sex trafficking. Her story is amazing because, I mean, she fights with, I mean, there's mafia, like you're dealing with mafia, like you're dealing with a lot of stuff when you go in. You know, I'm thinking about my husband and I are watching um, Prison Break right now. It's like an old from 2002. And it's like, oh my gosh, how many twists and turns can happen, right? That's what it's like. You're dealing with all these people and everyone is not a safe place. They're, They're out to get these children. And God raises up Christine Kane. And this is what she said. She said she visited the Holocaust Museum. I'm not sure when. And she said, when I saw the ovens, the hundreds of shoes and the suitcases with names, She said, this is what she thought. Where was the church when 6 million people were killed? And she said, she said to the Lord, if anything like this happens in my lifetime, I will not stay silent. She said, God did not call us to a Christian career. We are not called to a Christian career. We're called for with a cause a pastor and I were talking today and he met, he reminded me of that scripture when David, everyone else, when Goliath would come out day after day, taunting them, everyone else well didn't, no one wanted to stand up. But when David came out, David said, is there not a cause in Israel? David stood up for a cause and church, we're in a time that God wants us to stand up for a cause, his cause. God may be asking you to do something. Even this stuff right now, we're seeing so many things happen. He may be calling on you to be that person. Will you say yes? And she said this. She said, God didn't call us to a Christian career. When God's people sleep through darkness, it gets darker. We are not called to be Christians who just show up for church, but whose lives make a difference. Once the prison door gets open for me, I now have the responsibility to open that prison door for someone else. You and I have that responsibility. So I want you to stand up right now because I want to declare a scripture over all of us. Because fear, like I said, fear is going to be the thing that's going to cause you to draw back from operating that place of grace, that place of rest where you say, Lord, it's your battle. Lord, You do the how, I just need to be an available vessel. It's the most beautiful thing when we can say, all I need to do is be available, that's it. All I need to do be is available. And I wanted you to stand up because I want, there's a scripture I'm gonna read, and this scripture was written by the Apostle Paul right before the Apostle Paul was ready to get executed. The Apostle Paul was ready to get executed and he wanted to encourage Timothy, who was a young pastor, He was facing difficult times at that time. And Paul was saying to Timothy, listen to this, for the sake of others and for carrying out the gospel, Timothy, I need you to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Paul was saying in order for this gospel to continue to go forward, in order for you to do the work that you have, you have to recognize and and stir up that gift. And I want to say this: there, um, for those of us, some of you, maybe that the the gift of God has been buried under disappointment. For some of you, you may not even know what it is God's called you to. But I want you. We're gonna. I'm gonna just pray for you when after I declare this scripture. And I want you to put your faith out there. That as you stir up the gift of God on the inside of you, I want you to put your hands on your belly. Um, when I declare this scripture over you. And I want you to have an expectation that the boldness of God is gonna come through, just come through your life, that you are gonna step into the boldness of God and be so conscious of the grace of God and that gift on the inside of you that's energized by the spirit of God. I wanna read this quote first. The desire to discover, develop, and deploy our spiritual gift should be a blazing fire within us. We stir up these gifts for the love of others. So I want you to put your hands up. Father, you said in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 through 6, you said, therefore, I remind you. So I'm reminding our congregation, men and women all throughout this room, I remind them to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, but put your hands on your belly. For God, listen to this, has, he, he talks about the spirit of fear in the middle of talking about stirring up that gift. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his prisoner, but to share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Listen to this, who has saved us, and called us, there's that word called, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but listen to this, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he's given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. Father, thank you for each person. Father, we just stir up the gift of God on the inside of us. Lord, I thank you for boldness for each person. I thank you to speak to each person personally about what you have to work to minister through them, Father God. Lord, I thank you that they would become awakened like i said to the burdens around them father god and lord that they would start where they are and lord you would get them where they need to be father i thank you that the gifts and the gifts and callings that you put on our lives are without repentance in other words you don't pull them back you've put it in us and so father thank you that the gifts on the inside of each person be awakened tonight father god we thank you for that lord god we thank you father god And Lord, I thank you that each one of us would step in to that grace. We would just allow that grace to flow through us, Father God. Lord, thank you that we would partner. We would say, yes, 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 yes. I am just an available vessel. Father, that we would get out of the way and we would allow you to work through us, Lord God. You to minister through us. Father, thank you for the gifts of God the gifts of God in each one of us, Lord God, that minister, the gifts of God that are the supernatural power of God. Lord, thank you that in this day and in this hour, the supernatural, you've called us to be supernatural beings. Father, thank you that we would take hold of the supernatural where weariness has been. Father, thank you that you would bring rest through your grace. Father, that we would be able to minister and walk out our purpose, Father God, with grace, Father God, Father, thank you that every area of weakness would be empowered by your grace, Lord. Thank you for each and every person, Lord God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord. Just thank him. Thank him for calling you to himself. Thank you, thank him for calling you to partner with him. Thank you, Father God. We honor that calling, Lord God. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Father, we praise you for this night. We thank you, Lord, that this, whatever was ministered to each person personally does not stop here because you are inside of them, Holy Spirit, and you will continue to speak to them. You will continue to have conversations with them. You will continue to show them and reveal things, Father God. And so we thank you for that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. You can go ahead and be seated.